Good afternoon, guys and girls. Welcome to live coaching webinar, Authentic Scripts and Dialogues. Um, it's Tom Panos here. Um, many of you are gym members. Some of you are in the process of joining the gym. And today I'm going to run you through over the next 40 minutes um, some scripts and dialogues that I think are the most important in real estate for the next financial year based on the current marketplace. So I want to move on to the first slide and I want everyone to have a look. This is the basic premise of scripts and dialogues. I want everyone to understand that scripts and dialogues in real estate are not to sound like a robot. Scripts and dialogues are meant to sound like you are a friend giving advice to another person at a cafe. You have to actually internalize them. You've got to make them your words. They've got to basically be coming from your mouth as if you're saying them for the first time. That is the absolute secret to scripts and dialogues. So when I have people that turn around and say, um, Tom, I just don't believe in scripts and dialogues, it's not me, my response is, I don't believe in scripts and dialogues either. I just don't believe that you should use a thousand words when 50 will do. And one of the things that I notice with real estate people is that they can take seven minutes to say something that generally will take 30 seconds to say. And that is where scripts and dialogues come in. Because if you are a person that is in real estate, your job is to be able to have impact on people in the shortest possible time because we live in a world, we live in a world where people are time poor and they do not have seven minutes to listen to something that can take 10, 20 seconds to answer. We know that buyers, clients, sellers are all predictable. They will generally say the same things. We're not in a hurry. We don't want to give it away. This is all I'm prepared to pay. The other agent said that they would do it for free. The other agent said that they'd be paying for the marketing. Um, so after a while, you begin as a person in real estate to think that um, vendors must have their own scripts and dialogues because they're very predictable. People say the same things over and over again. So what I want you to do is understand your job is to master 10 to 15 of the most common things that buyers and sellers and prospects will say and that's what we're going to cover in this webinar. I will tell you that the key to deliver scripts and dialogues is to role play and practice them. I just finished a video interview for real estate gym members with Michael Clark. He's actually just walked out the door. Michael Clark, not the cricketer, but the real estate agent from Clark and Hummel in Manly. Michael Clark wrote $4 million in commission. He's one of the best real estate agents in the country. Michael Clark said that for the first two to three years, he mastered scripts and dialogues, but he was getting no cut through and he only started moving forward in his real estate life when he was able to make them his words and he had the right intentions. 
So this is critical in scripts and dialogues. And he said that even to this day, he practices with his wife, um, Cherie. Like he's saying at the moment, they're practicing um, when people bring up about um, Britain leaving the European Union, the BritX thing, um, dialogue and language that he can use for clients that bring that up here. So the last thing I'll tell you on this slide is the intent is more important than the words. The intent is more important than the words because people will forget what you say, but they'll never forget the feeling that you left them with. And the feeling is how you felt about what you said. Are you using scripts and dialogues to trick people or are you using scripts and dialogue to help people? So let's go to our first pieces of dialogue, prospecting dialogue. I'd like to tell you that um, I love this dialogue here. When you have sold a property on a Saturday, get on the phones at three o'clock and start calling all the people in your database that is relevant to the property and here's the dialogue to use. Hi John, it's Tom. I'm just letting you know that today we sold a property at Patterson Street. It got an incredible figure. Would you like to know the new value of your home? Good piece of dialogue because every time there's a sale in the area, it creates new values in the area and you are rocking up with information and a reason to call them. This is great dialogue. Here's another piece of dialogue to use at an open for inspection if you want to suss out if someone's got a property that they may want to sell. Is this your first purchase or second purchase in the area? Fantastic piece of dialogue. Anyone that says it's their second purchase or if they say it's our third purchase, alarm bells go up, potential vendor. Another great piece of dialogue I like is this one. Are you researching, buying or selling at this time? This is a great piece of dialogue to use both at an open for inspection or when you're doing your callbacks. This one here, how's the sale of your place going, is to be used very assumptively on random people when you're talking to buyers as they come through and open for inspection. You can actually use this as a callback question as well. It's assumptive, it's random, but people are either going to say, hey, look, we actually don't have a property to sell, or they might turn around and say, we've actually um, already sold, or they may turn around and say, oh, we actually haven't put it on the market yet. I love it. How's the sale of your place going? The next one there is nice and short, simple. Are you buying or browsing? Are you buying or browsing? Love that piece of dialogue. Ivan Breshik used that at ARIC. This one's very useful. You get a lot of times, you get people calling in and they want to find out the price of a property. And I love this dialogue. Are you calling because you're looking to buy or you're comparing it to something that you own? Great question. 
Now, what you'll notice is every pieces of these dialogues were question-based. And million-dollar agents ask questions, rookies make statements. We're moving on to buyer dialogue. I love this buyer dialogue. This is a very good piece of dialogue to use to a buyer that makes an offer. And what I like about this dialogue is that it shows there and then that the buyer is unlikely to get their offer accepted. And the way that you handle the first offer is absolutely critical. So I just wanna repeat the dialogue for this. Thank you for that offer, but that price level has already been tested and it's unlikely to get accepted. If it wasn't accepted, what would your next offer be? See, the way you handle that first offer is going to tell the buyer the following. Have they got a chance of getting that offer accepted? And if you give them hope, it's going to help them think that they've got a better chance at getting the property than in reality. The best agents I know actually send a strong message to the buyer early on in the negotiation that it's unlikely that they're gonna get it at that price level. So I want you to be really strong and be a fearless negotiator at that first offer. I love this one. This is, you know, when a buyer is at a property and they seem half interested and you suss them out and see whether they're interested in buying and they don't give you the answer you want, say this, is it the price or is it the property? It's straight to the point, it cuts the crap, love it. Here's a great question to use at a buyer, and this will help you get offers from buyers that can help you educate your vendors. Because one of the biggest complaints we have from vendors is they say that they haven't had any offers. Here's a great question to get an offer. At what price level would you be interested in? At what price level would you be interested in? I love this question here. This is a great question to use on a buyer and I've used this many times on a Saturday when I've been auctioning and the property's been passed in and the buyer you know, starts negotiating and says, look, I actually don't wanna pay any more because I think that the market's gonna go down. Um, so this is my final offer. I'll say something along the lines of this. I just want to ask you, are you going to make a decision for your family based on the market or based on your life? I love that because it says to people, what's more important to you? The happiness of your family, because if you love this house, five or ten grand is irrelevant in a few years' time. Great question, great dialogue. This is a good piece of dialogue to use with a buyer that is negotiating and won't go up. And I use this post auctions very often. At what price level are you happy to be excluded? This is where you start sounding them out. Now, if they start saying, oh, well, look, come back to me and let me know, um, they're sort of saying to you, they are still interested and in the running. 
and I'll often respond, okay, no problems. Can I ask you, at what point are you happy to sort of just not be part of this negotiation? Let's move on. I love this one. You know when they ask you, um, uh, and I had this on Saturday where I had a client say to me, look, we, we think that the market's going to um, uh, drop in spring. There's going to be a lot of properties coming on the market, you know. Um, so uh, even though we like this property, we think that the market hasn't bottomed yet. And here was my response. How will you know the market has bottomed? Think about it, Mr. and Mrs. Buyer. The only way you know the market has bottomed is when the market has actually started to go back up because then you can look backwards and say that was the bottom back then. But by that stage, it's too late because if you're buying, you'll be buying more than the bottom. The next thing is if you're going to wait to buy at that time and the market has started to go up, what happens then is that there's less properties to pick from because when the market starts going up, there's less stock. It gets worse. When the market starts going up, you've missed the bottom. There's less stock. You don't get the house that you want. There's another thing. Interest rates start going up because they try and slow the market down. So I'm going to say to you, Mr. and Mrs. Buyer, if you like this home now, why don't you buy it? Are you going to make a decision for your family based on the market or based on your life? Gang, let's move on. The last piece of dialogue I'd like you to use with buyers is this. This is the one that shows that you can affect the negotiation. And I love this dialogue when, a, when you say to a buyer, look, thank you for that offer, but look, let me just say to you, I really need an offer that I can go to my owner and I can sit there and when the owner says to me, Tom, what do you think? I want to be able to have an offer to say to them, I think you should accept this offer. I think it's a good offer and you should take it. So Mr. and Mrs. Buyer, the price level that you've given me, I don't feel comfortable saying that. Can I please ask you to give me your best and final offer that'll allow me to go to my vendors and say, I think you should take this. Let's move on. Vendor dialogue, vendor management dialogue. Now, I would probably go on to say that this dialogue I'm about to give you, the first piece of dialogue on vendor dialogue is my favourite. You know when you get an offer, sometimes you get an offer in the first week. It's a top offer. It's close to the asking price. You think your vendor should accept it, but what your vendor kept saying to you is, no, I'm not going to take it. And they keep saying, I'm not going to take it because the property has only been on the market for a few days. Your response should be, 
it's not how long you've been on the market, it's how long the buyer has been in the market. Very strong, to the point, and logical. The next piece of dialogue is this, to a vendor. I think you should consider this offer. At the moment, the market is good and there are buyers around. In a few months' time, I can tell you that the, mar the market, I can't tell you what the market will be like, but I can tell you that there'll be a lot more properties on the market and the current buyers won't be around. Strong, powerful, worth using now. Again, the opposite dialogue that you use with a buyer, you can use with a vendor. Are you going to make a decision about selling based on the market or based on your life? The last piece of dialogue here I want to touch on is very good for a vendor that is upgrading, that is selling their house and planning to buy a better house. So when they're not getting the price that they want and you get an offer and it's a little bit short, here's how the dialogue goes. Mr. and Mrs. Vendor, I know that in the ideal world, you were hoping originally to get $50,000 more. But as far as I'm concerned, you're only getting half the story here. Because the good news is, is whilst you're getting 50,000 less than what you were originally hoping to get, the home that you will probably go and buy, you're going to buy for 100,000 less because that's what that vendor was hoping to get. And they may have got that six, eight months ago, but they're not getting it now. So whilst you're 50,000 short on your sale, you're 100,000 ahead on your purchase, which means that you're $50,000 net better off upgrading in this market. That's why I'd rather get you to make a decision now and move forward. Do you want to stay or do you want to sell? One of my favourite subjects, of course, is because a lot of my life has been uh, spent working in media, is marketing dialogue. And I think the ability to handle vendor paid advertising at a listing presentation is going to help you become an attraction agent very quickly. And I want you to master um, vendor paid advertising because there's a saying, it's not who you know, it's who knows you. And I want everyone to be an attraction agent. And an attraction agent is the agent that's got profile and because they've got profile, they've constantly got agents call, uh, they've constantly got vendors calling them all the time. So let's run through some of the dialogue that I find very useful for selling marketing. Nice and short and sharp, Mr. and Mrs. Vendor. Would you like a marketing plan to make you happy or one that will get you the best price? Here's another one. Mr. and Mrs. Vendor, we can't control the price today, but we can control the marketing. Let's talk about how we're going to outmarket the competition. I love this dialogue here. This is when you're at a listing presentation and a vendor is a bit reluctant to spend money on marketing, say this, Mr. and Mrs. Vendor, how will we know we've reached 100% of the potential in the value of your property if we don't use 100% of the marketing resources available to us? I love this one. 
Mr. and Mrs. Vendor, we refuse to mismarket your property and apologise later. I wouldn't do it to you. When a vendor says to you, can you just um, sell it off buyers that you've got in your database? Or when you have a vendor that turns around and says, we spoke to other agents and they've already got lots of buyers. I love this. Mr. and Mrs. Vendor, do you want the first buyer or do you want the best buyer? This next piece of dialogue the online and offline being inline is used good when you're trying to sell print advertising, when you're trying to sell social media and digital, and you're trying to have a full holistic marketing campaign. You draw a circle, you show all the marketing that you're going to use in the circle as a pie chart, and then you say, Mr. and Mrs. Vendor, we've got to make sure that our online marketing and our offline marketing are in line. The next piece of dialogue is more a metaphor and a story. And the reason why I use stories in presentations is stories sell, facts tell. Be a good storyteller. And I love using the car insurance analogy because what it says to a vendor is this. So here's how I'd use it. Mr. and Mrs. Vendor, I can understand that you don't want to spend $1,500 marketing your property, but I want you to understand it's like taking out insurance. You see, Mr. and Mrs. Vendor, how much is the value of your car? And they'll say, oh, $40,000, $50,000. And you'll say, how much money do you spend a year on car insurance? And they'll respond back and say, oh, I don't know, about $800, $900. And then you'd say, okay. So you spend eight or $900 every year protecting an asset that's worth $50,000 or $40,000. Mr. and Mrs. Vendor, I advise that you should invest in marketing to take out insurance that you don't undersell the biggest asset that you own an $800,000 property because let me tell you, the impact of under-marketing is greater than the impact of under-insuring. The last one there is the Big Mac analogy. So everyone knows that the Big Mac has consistently been the number one selling hamburger in the world for a long time. And what's interesting is that in taste tests, it also scores very low as one of the shittest tasting hamburgers in the world. So the dialogue and the story that you use here to a vendor is this. Mr. and Mrs. Vendor, what I want to say to you is this. Guess what the best-selling hamburger in the world is? And I'll say, oh, McDonald's. And you'll say, okay, yeah, it's the Big Mac. Well, let me tell you, it's also been rated as the worst-tasting hamburger. But the reason that it's the number one-selling hamburger in the world, it's the best marketing burger. And I've got to tell you, we've got to make your home the best marketed home. We need 
to outmarket the competition. We need to go to the top of the mountain with a megaphone and tell people we're selling. We can't sell a secret. Okay, let's move on to some listing dialogue. This is dialogue that you use at a listing presentation. And a listing presentation, I want you to understand that one of the most important things that a vendor wants to find from you from a listing presentation is what you're going to charge and how much their home is worth. That's why they've called you out. And the first two pieces of dialogue, I'd love, like, well, actually, all these three pieces of dialogue are critical in answering those things. So let's go to the first one. I love this dialogue. Mr. and Mrs. Vendor, it's the process, not the promise of a price that will get you top dollar. Can we go through that process? The next one. This is the perfect dialogue to use when they ask you, how much is my home worth? Here it is. Mr. and Mrs. Vendor, the value of your home is dependent on four things. Location, presentation, the agent you pick, and the strategy you use. The good news is, out of those four things, you control three of the four. Then the one in the middle that I haven't touched on, which I'll touch on now, is this. Here's a great piece of dialogue to help you get them to forget about commission and to pick you because you're a better agent. You say this, Mr. and Mrs. Vendor, are you going to select an agent on the things the agent can't control, like price, or are you going to select an agent on the things the agent can control, like marketing, negotiation skills, strategy? So it is extremely good at helping them understand that just because an agent goes in and over prices doesn't mean that it's the truth. I want to move on to closing dialogue. And closing dialogue happens when you've earned the right to close. When you have, like, I'm not a big closer, and every agent that I interview does not close hard, but they do ask for the business. And I think that if the timing is right, what you need to do is to actually make it easy for the client to say yes. That's what closing is. Closing is having the ability to seamlessly get a vendor to move forward. And you would have been getting a lot of minor yeses along the way. Like you would have had vendors saying at the presentation things like, um, can I ask you what time of the day does the house look best? Um, uh, what time of the day do you think the photographer should take photos? All these little yeses that suggest that they're going to go with you. But at some point, I think it's really useful to warmly say something like this. Have I done enough today to earn the right to be your agent? 
or another good piece of dialogue, when would you like me to start working as your agent? The last piece of dialogue is a dialogue that I consistently used in my real estate career. I used it because I used to ask for business all the time on the first meeting. And a lot of the times people used to turn around and say, hey, slow down, mate. You know, it's just you're going a little bit too fast for us. And I've got to tell you, if you can master this dialogue, it will get you out of trouble a lot of the time. So if a vendor turns around and says to you, look, we're comfortable with everything, but um, to be honest with you, I just think that um, we're just not ready to go with you. I'd say this, okay, is there anything I haven't covered today that you need to help give clarity? And they'd say, oh no, look, we just need you know a bit of time. And I'd say, okay, well, I'll leave it with you, but I just wanna ask you, let's pretend I was sitting in this room in two weeks time and with me was the buyer that you'd appointed me as the agent to sell your house and I had with me a buyer that wanted to buy your home. They felt like it was the right home for them. They were really, really keen, but they just weren't committing and they were thinking about having a look at one or two others. I wanna ask you, if I was the agent that you'd employed and they were keen on your home and they were, had the ability to pay close to the asking price, at that point, if I was sitting in this room with them right then, would you want me to try and influence them and close them to buy your home? Or would you want me to say to them, look, go off and have a think about it. Mr. and Mrs. Vendor, let me tell you, in this market, you need someone that can close. And the reality is, I'm enthusiastic, I've got sales skills, I'm a good negotiator, and I'd like to get to work for you because you need a great agent in this market to get you top dollar. Have I earned the right to be that person? Use this selectively, but I've got to tell you, my, ex my experience is that people love young, hungry, enthusiastic people. They love that. They love that. They want a salesperson. They don't want a valuer. They want a salesperson. Guys and girls, many of you may have seen this or are seeing it for the first time. It's called My Prospector. It's a system that is now part of all the people that work with me. Um, they're prospecting. It monitors and sets you to do prospecting for 45 minute sessions. It measures your calls dials, it measures your calls reached, and it also measures your appointments. I have to tell you, 
Prospecting is the secret to our business. The agent that does the most prospecting creates the most opportunities and the agent that creates the most opportunities wins. What gets scheduled gets done. What you measure, you manage. My prospector now is your personal accountability prospecting system as part of Real Estate Gym. It actually got launched today. I also want to introduce you to two people. Many of you have seen it. Matt Steinway just left about two hours ago. I had two hours with him. He has become a co-coach on the Real Estate Gym. So has John McGrath. Over the next 12 months, me with these two guys, plus these mentors, plus 52 agents that we're going to interview, are going to deliver you a personalized version of Real Estate Gym 2.0. I just want to run through, because today is a special day, we've launched it. In Real Estate Gym 2.0, you get my prospector as part of it. It's personalized with your own name and you can track your numbers weekly, monthly. You can track them yearly. You also get hundreds of scripts, dialogues, videos. You get a library of five years. You get everything converted into audio each week so you can listen to stuff while you go to the gym, while you walk. Every morning you get an on-track email. You get personal accountability and you'll be getting monthly webinars like this. And this has been packaged up at $10 per week. Plus, you get all the resources of the gyms over the last five years. Guys and girls, we've got 300 spots that we've released. Anyone that is an existing member, I want to repeat that's on here, you automatically get moved over to Real Estate Gym 2.0 and your spot is secured. And even if you're expiring soon, you get automatic entry. We have released 300 new spots. If you're keen and if you want to have a real estate partner to work with you over the next 12 months, I have to tell you, I'm biased, but I think it's the best $10 a week. There's a video that we're going to send out to all of you that registered for real estate webinar today. We're going to send it out for you and you can watch it. But if you want to secure your spot before they run out, go to realestategym.com.au and I'd love to be your coach for the next 12 months and you'll be hearing my voice very often. Guys and girls, I want to thank you so much. I want to let you know that a soccer player gets paid for the way he kicks a ball, a tennis player gets paid for the way that they hit a ball, and a great real estate agent gets paid for the words that they deliver, how they deliver, when they deliver, and the ability to make those words sound like they're coming out of their mouth for the first time. Thank you so much for joining me on this webinar on authentic scripts and dialogues, and I'd love to be your coach for the next 12 months. On Facebook tonight, I'd love you to share what you thought of today's session. Thank you so much. Have a great afternoon.